0: You're listening to the Professional Volunteer Podcast because when the alarm sounds, nobody cares if you're career or volunteer. Well, hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Professional Volunteer Podcast. And today I'm Solo. And I haven't done this in a while, so my brain has been in overtime trying to think about what I wanted to talk about today, what topics to dive into. And you guys have been phenomenal with the feedback on the episodes and throwing ideas for episodes out there, so I thank you for that because that is a huge help uh, to know What topics, what struggles you have in the volunteer fire service that I could possibly either find a guest to bring on to talk about, or I can talk about myself. Uh, I have adopted a line from my buddy John um, that I really like, and I'm sure I've used in some variety in the uh, in the past before. But I don't know it all. I am definitely no expert on every topic we talk about. Uh, Thankfully, I've got you know, a few years of experience to, uh, to pull from, and I've, uh, I've managed to surround myself with, um, with quite a few knowledgeable, uh, and friendly people that are willing to share their stories. And, um, I just like being a student of the fire service, you know, and I like to continue to learn, about the uh, fire service i like to continue to learn from others uh i still enjoy going to classes and you know that is something that we all need to do you know uh it has often been said that once you think that you know it all in this field it's time for you to retire because more than likely you're going to end up getting yourself or somebody else hurt so i'm sure you've heard it before um not everybody is cut out to be a volunteer fire service leader, and we do a really bad job of weeding those folks out, and there's a variety of different reasons for that. Um, we don't have anybody else. Uh, they're the only person that's stepped up for the position. We don't want to upset anybody. it's the popular vote. Uh, we're not looking at credentials. we're not looking at skills and abilities. We're not looking at leadership style. Um, you know the famous one is, oh, they've done their time so they deserve to continue to move up through the ranks and we know this I mean, we've talked about this before. we've all experienced this um I have had the privilege to serve with people over the years that I consider great people, good friends. I like being around them. They're good firefighters, but they're just not good leaders. Uh, Whether they're just not cut out for it or they don't care to be a better leader or it's just not in their DNA. They're just not good leaders. So my question is to those people, right? Why do you feel that it's okay to just kind of hang in there and be a mediocre or a bad leader because it's not acceptable. Um, You know, once you decide to get involved with a leadership role in your organization, uh, your goal, other than, you know, continuously improving yourself, should be to continuously Improve the organization and the people within that organization. Um, and when it comes time for you to step away, when your time is up, when you have fulfilled those years um, within the positions, however your you know however your hierarchy is is developed in your in your agency, uh, lieutenant captain, assistant chief, chief, when it's time for you to step out and get out of that formal leadership role, become a past or ex-chief, whatever you refer to it as, um, and you reflect back on your time, did you do your part to make the organization better than it was when you got there? And that's, that's not an ego thing, right? That's not a, a I made it better. Because first of all, one person cannot make it better. Myself as a current sitting chief, I cannot by myself make anything better. I can have ideas. I can have a vision. I can uh, put policies and procedures in place. I can go out and fight for new equipment. But if... I don't have the support and the backup and the buy-in of my rank and file and my other officers. I can't do it by myself, all right? We can't do it by ourselves. So your goal as a leader should be that when that day comes that you step aside and you reflect back on your tenure. Did you leave the organization better than it was when you got there? And if you did that, you should feel pretty damn good about yourself. Now, if you look at your tenure up until where you are right now and you realize that, what have I done? Sure, I filled a seat. Um, Sure, I kept a spot from being empty. But besides that, what have I done? Do people rely on me? Do people come to me for advice? Do people look up to me and the knowledge and the skills and abilities that I bring to the table, um, do they do that? If they don't, if they don't, why, right? Is it because they don't look at you as somebody who takes their role, their leadership role, seriously? And if if that's the case, if upon that self-reflection you realize that, wow, you know, Nobody comes to me. Nobody looks to me for anything. They, you know, if I'm the only one there, they'll come to me out of respect for my title and my rank. But aside from that, they don't. Well, you should, you should take that moment of self-reflection and realize that there's, there's a reason for that. It's because you're a mediocre leader or you're a, or you're a bad leader. Um, and that's why they're not coming to you. So, you know, we tend to look at this from the from the perspective of the people that put people in those positions of leadership, right? The membership, right? Now, we all know, you know, aside from the few places that I'm learning don't operate this way. You know, I learned a couple of weeks ago about um, uh, the state of Ohio, um, thanks to one of my, you um, listeners and, um, sending in a topic request, you know, on how chiefs were appointed by, you know, a town board and there was no department vote. They're just, they're, they're appointed. And in that particular case, they were there for a very, very long time. And I've learned since then that there's other States that operate the same way. So, you know, this doesn't apply to you, um if that's the case because the decision is being made for you now maybe the decision is being made for you with the input of people in your agency and then obviously it does slightly apply but the majority of us in the volunteer fire service rely on that once a year vote you know of the membership um voting on who becomes the lieutenants, the captain, the the assistant chief, the chiefs, the president, the secretary, all those civil offices as well, and and we know that lots of times, um, probably more often than not, those votes are heavily, heavily weighted by popularity. You know, is some is this person a nice guy or a nice girl? Uh, not that they go above and beyond for the organization. Not that they treat it as a job and they work hard to make the organization better. Not that they are continuously uh, working to help the membership, uh, to help the firefighters be better firefighters. It's just they're nice, they're liked, and maybe there's nobody else. Sometimes even if there is somebody else and when that somebody else may be better qualified, may be better suited to the office that they are running, running for, um, they're still not successful because of the popularity vote. And and that's unfortunate. And that's a problem we've all dealt with for years and years and years. And hopefully, uh, the more we talk about it, the more we will realize that that's not good for any of us. And that can put us in harm's way, right? We want the person that is most eligible for the job to do the job. We don't want you know Johnny because Johnny's a nice guy in the in the position because he's got the most friends um but has no clue as to what the hell he's doing you know Johnny's the guy that shows up doesn't put his turnout gear on uh Johnny's the guy that shows up and doesn't doesn't have a clue as as regards to operations or mutual aid or uh, strategies and tactics uh, but yeah Johnny's a hell of a nice guy and if there's any Johnny's out there listening I'm I'm sorry I chose I chose your name it was the first one that popped into my head but self reflection my friends um you know if you're a mediocre or a bad leader why is 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 it because your your heart is not in it are you doing it for another reason other than wanting to make the organization better have you just been there for so long you don't know anything better and you just kind of want to get your day in the, you know, get your day where they hang your picture up on the wall and you can say that you were the chief and now you could, now you get the title of ex chief and, and, and that's all you're looking for. You know, do that self-reflection. Why, why are you a mediocre leader? What's the reason? And it's not, it's, it's not too late, right? If, if, Maybe I don't know maybe for some reason you you um just lost interest for a while but your membership kept you there for whatever reason they kept you there well you should you, you should be thankful for that that they didn't get rid of you that they didn't replace you with somebody else and and upon your self reflection maybe you should realize hey i really need to take the time to dedicate to this job, to this position that I've been entrusted with. I need to dedicate myself to it. I need to get better. I need to be better. I I need to have people uh, so they're not afraid or on the fence as to whether they should come to me with something. I want them to be confident in my knowledge, skills, and abilities as a leader. And that does not happen overnight. We've talked about that. It, I don't care what color helmet you wear, what kind of vehicle you drive, and what color lights that vehicle runs. Right? People do not just automatically trust you because you are given a position. People just do not automatically count on you or believe in you or, or... Are confident in your knowledge, skills, and abilities to do do the job. Just because you had enough votes on election night, it takes time to build that confidence and to build that trust. And we all know those people within our organization that have zero, again zero, formal leadership role whatsoever, but they still have that trust from the rank and file because they they know that they can be trusted they depend on them they count on that they're they're confident in their in their um skills and abilities right those are informal leaders whether it's the senior man or senior men or senior women or uh, just somebody that has dedicated the time to be better at the art of being a firefighter and those around them see that and they give them that respect by entrusting them. So this has nothing to do with the color of your helmet, right? This has to do with you wanting to be a better leader. And in order to be a better leader, you need to work at it. You've heard me say this before. Doesn't matter that you're a volunteer. Nobody cares that you're just a volunteer. If you think that you're just a volunteer, you're in the wrong type of volunteerism. You should go join a civic group, something you know where they do place where they do chicken barbecues and bingo, and people's lives aren't in your hands. Um, you need to treat this like it is a job, because it is a job. It's just a job that you do not get paid for. And and that is key. That is so important. You need to continue with your education. You need to constantly be learning. The fire service is changing every single day. And if you are not in tune with that, chances are your firefighters are. And if they know things and they continue to educate themselves, but you're not keeping up with them, they're not going to respect you, and they're not going to uh, look. They may respect your title because they have to, because that's the hierarchy of the organization and that's how it works. But behind closed doors, they're not going to be saying good things about you. So you know this. This episode today is is about you know being a being a good leader, but looking at ourselves in the mirror, not what other people think. Looking at ourselves in the mirror mirror, and asking ourselves why, if we don't feel that we're there yet, why are we not there? And and why do people not trust in us? And that's all about self-reflection, my friends, right? Nobody can make the change for you. The only thing they can do is give you a position and take the position away. That they can do. But they cannot give you what it takes to be good at the position. That's all on you. That's 110% on you. And you need to realize that if you haven't realized it yet. Because it's not fair to those around you. If everybody else is pulling their weight and working hard and trying to make the organization a better place. And there you are. Sitting in a leadership position, not doing a goddamn thing, just basically being a position holder, all right? not giving anything to the organization. What's going to happen when your turn comes, when you are the person sitting in the seat, when you are the chief of the organization, whether it's for a year, two years, three years, what is your legacy going to be? Is your legacy going to be the person that was just did nothing, just gave nothing to the organization? The organization went backwards, right? The chief prior to you left, and the organization was at a high was doing extremely well morale was up equipment uh, equipment was in tip-top shape the membership was fired up about learning and being better and being the best organization they could be and that person leaves and you come in and a year later instead of moving the organization forward the organization went backwards you know and we're all like one person can't yes we like some of us like to think one person can't do that one person absolutely can do that, okay? Because the the what's the word I'm looking for? The the culture of the organization, the morale of the organization right, starts with the leadership of that organization. If that leadership group is not dedicating their time and putting the time in and working hard, the, the people that look to that leadership group aren't gonna do that. So one person can absolutely make a difference and we need to realize that. And you know, if, if we're a part of that organization and we see that problem and we don't do anything about it, well, I don't know. We we can't be upset when, when we become stagnant because we allowed it to happen. We allowed it to happen probably for many years and some of you have heard me make this statement before. I stand by it, and I'll I'll continue to stand by it until I see the the trend in the volunteer fire service uh, change. That when you elect your lowest ranking line position, whether it's a lieutenant, a captain, an engineer, a assistant chief, whatever it may be, however your organization is structured, when you elect that lowest line officer that you are electing your future chief and nine out of 10 times. That is the truth because once somebody is in the rank and file, we are not very good at removing them. If they are not living up to the expectations that we have for them and our organization and how we operate. And that's a shame. It, it, it really is. And listen, listen, you know, some of you are going to listen to this and say, oh, "He doesn't know what he's talking about." We've got, you know, twelve active members, and nobody wants to fill the positions. I get it. I understand it. I've heard about it. I've never lived it. Thankfully for me, you know, I, I've I've I have never lived it. I've been a part of two organizations um, throughout my fire service career. Um, one EMS agency back in the day, all volunteer. And filling the positions was never an issue, right? There were always people there, good people there, looking to step up, get involved, learn, uh, and and become good officers. Now, I'm not saying that everybody has dedicated the time uh, to the job from the time that they got in to the time that they got out and... Um, stayed or continued to grow as officers you know i i've experienced people over the years that came in in that lowest ranking position and had lots of promise and seemed like you know they would take the job seriously and want to continue to grow with the job and and continue to learn and continue to make the organization better but uh, unfortunately that did not happen You know, they uh, I don't know. They just lost their fire, but they continued to move up and then they got to that highest ranking position. And, well, let's just say they probably weren't a memorable chief officer. So my advice for you, my friends, is if you find yourself in that position where, you know, you're just uh, maybe you're burnt out, but you're looking in the mirror and you're like, you know, I'm not doing it the right way. I'm not dedicating the time. I'm not treating it as a job. Um, everybody else around me is. You, you got to have that moment of self-reflection. You have to have that conversation with yourself. And you, you'll you probably, more than likely, come to one of two conclusions. Right? Conclusion one is yes, I want to do this, I want to be better, I want to recommit myself, and I'm going to reach out for help and do whatever I need to do, whether it's more education, more training, uh, surrounding myself with a different group of people, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to be a better leader so that I can, I can leave my organization better than it was before. And pass it on to the next generation, who will hopefully then take it to the next step and make it even better. Or, when you're having that moment of self-reflection, you realize it just isn't for me. I'm just, I'm just not in it anymore. You know, I would rather just be a rank-and-file firefighter that can come and go as they please, help out when they want. You know, continue to uh, educate myself as a as a firefighter and and stay committed, but not take it to that extra level of commitment that comes with being an officer in a volunteer organization. Because again, I stick by, I stand by the fact that it is a job. And if you don't treat it as such, people are going to notice because they're counting on you, right? Everybody around you is counting on you. Your community is counting on you. And that right there should speak volumes to you when you're looking in the mirror and having that conversation with yourself. My friends, I want to thank you for listening into today's episode. Um, first time I've been on without a guest in a while. And we got a few more guests lined up for some future episodes. we have It's crazy how far um, this has come in just a few short months. I mean, episode one went up in February and the connections that I have been able to make since then are, are just phenomenal. And, and, and I'm so blessed to, uh, just hear from so many of you and, and know that what we're talking about myself and the people that I bring on the show is helpful to you and that we are, um, and that we are tackling uh, some of your struggles um, and some of the topics that that you find valuable, and and that's that's the name of the game. That's what I want to that's what I want to keep doing here um, is just keep spreading the word of professionalism in the volunteer fire service because so many of you are out there doing it, and you know you don't get the credit that you deserve not that we're out there looking for a pat on the back but there's countless firefighters out there that do this every day as volunteers and and um they just go unnoticed and and i thank you for your service and um your community thanks you for your service and just keep keep doing your thing got to give a quick shout out to uh my media sponsor chief miller media uh, chief Miller is dedicated to the men and women of the fire service. Make sure you check out chief Miller at chief underscore Miller or at chief Miller media. Great people doing great things and making the fire service a better place. Uh, if you have yet to check out the new website, please do professional volunteer dot com. Everything that we've got going on is now on there. Um, episode you can catch all the podcasts there's a link to our youtube uh there's a link to our our merchandise store Uh, you can still grab those um uh, Nobody cares T-shirts. I just got in. Nobody cares stickers, which we're going to do a cool uh, sticker giveaway shortly. That might be out when you listen to this episode already. with With my friends at uh, Direct Attack Apparel and Saint Florian Fitness and Jersey Shore Emergency Training and Crew First Culture and the Slow House Rules, just um, just a phenomenal group of people that I've I've gotten to uh, the privilege to work with and get to know and and call friends here over the last four months. So. My friends, again, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Professional Volunteer. Continue to drop us um, those emails and those direct messages uh, whenever you find something to be valuable or you have an idea of a future episode for me to talk about. And hopefully, fingers crossed, hopefully, fingers crossed, in the near future, uh, we're going to be getting some good news about the Professional Volunteer message message going out on the road a little bit, um, hitting a conference that may be near you. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, that's, that's exciting, and I'm, uh, I'm excited to, uh, to be potentially included. Again, my friends, thanks for listening in. Stay healthy, stay safe, and don't forget, a paycheck does not make you a professional. How you approach the job does. Until next time.